Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Sean Witt. It is entitled, Time for Change. Sean. Thank you, Ron. I think that necklace would look nice. I should, nobody claims it. Well, it's a little cool outside, but it's beautiful. It's kind of crazy that last Sunday it was 70 degrees. I'm not quite used to the Oklahoma weather. and I've already been here a while. <clears throat> well, anyway, driving home last Sunday after the lock-in that we had, I turned my radio on and I went to uh, KRMG. It's a talk radio. And they had a guest on there who's a doctor. And he posed a question. He says, is your body in better shape this year than it was last year? And he also mentioned a few celebrities that had passed away just last year. He mentioned Carrie Fisher and also um, George Michaels. And he'd mentioned that neither one of them had good heart health. Uh, they both died before their time basically because uh, they both had hearts that were not in good healthy shape. And the doctor went on to say it'd be a good idea to have a visit and have your health checked out to make sure that everything's going well for you. He said they needed to take action, that these changes will not happen on their own unless you make a choice to make changes. And that made me think. I was wondering to myself, I just thought, you know, how healthy is my heart? And then I thought, on a deeper aspect, you know, not just my physical heart, but my spiritual heart as well. And you know, we know that this isn't really the true time of the new year, but it's a good time and a good opportunity for us to take stock of our life and to really think about how we can improve. I'm not sure how you all feel about this, but it seems to me like time is really speeding up. It's crazy to think, next Friday, I will have been here five years. The time has just flown by. It's been a blur. And I'm going to have two teenagers next year, so please pray for me. <laughs> you know, so the point of my message today is Passover is only 93 days away. You know, that might seem like it's a while, but it'll be here before we know it. So today I'd like to share with you a couple of points of how we can start preparing so, what are we doing to ensure that we're moving forward and taking action in the progress of our life? You know, in the men's Bible study that we had last year, we did Stepping Up to Manhood. And after each video section, we had a page that we would turn to, and it said, getting your bearings. And it, it made us stop to think about what is it we're doing within our lives to dig deeper, to see what we need to work on and change. And there'd be several questions to go over and just kind of get an idea of where we're at. You know, kind of a compass check. So my first point is, examine yourself. Do an introspective and get your bearings of where you're at. Take some time to dig deep and see where you are at this point in your life right now. What changes do you want to make this year? Are you making progress over where you were last year? These can be some tough questions we need to ask ourselves, but it's important that we 
seek God and get his help because eventually we can overcome anything. Even something that's plagued us for many years. Maybe we have something that we're dealing with just because it's something that God wants us to draw closer to him so he can help us with that particular thing. So first of all, let's turn to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, and we'll examine this some more. So it says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. This is not just a suggestion. We are told we must examine ourselves. We need to reflect Jesus Christ in the way we live and interact with each other and the world at large, showing Jesus Christ within us. Now let's go to Haggai 1, verses 5 through 7. Now therefore, thus the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. Thus the Lord of hosts says, consider your ways. Heart Excuse me, apart from Obadiah, Haggai is the shortest book in the Old Testament. But its teachings are nonetheless significant. Haggai clearly shows the consequences of disobedience and obedience. When the people give priority to God in his house, they were blessed rather than cursed. And note, obedience brings the encouragement and strength of the Spirit of God. You know, it's easy to just drift along and think everything's okay in life, but there's always room for improvement. Now let's go to Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. You know, first and foremost, look to the obvious things that need improving. If we're honest with ourselves, there are plenty of areas that need attention where we fall short. Seek God's help and ask him to reveal to you areas that need improvement that are hidden as well. One example I'd like to give you, I like to give real world examples. Um, we have a gas dryer and it takes about three times to get the clothes dry. And Kim has been telling me, you've really got to look at this dryer and get this dryer fixed. And complacency, kind of uh, procrastination is something I need to work on. And so time will go by and it, we just keep messing with it. And it's probably costing us more money to run this thing because it takes forever to dry the clothes, especially when it's on low heat. So finally, after I heard this radio deal last Sunday, I got to think, you know, I'm really going to start getting on some stuff, get some stuff done. So. Last Sunday, I was like, I'm going to work on this dryer. I'm going to see what's going on here. So I pulled the back cover off, and I thought, well, maybe it's just a heating element or something. But I pulled off the back, and the, the lint deal, where the lint goes down, is just full of crud. So I dug all that out and vacuumed it all up. And then I thought, well, let's look at the front. And I told Kim, ah, that's, I'm sure it's fine, and let's just leave it alone. She's like, well, take a look in there, see what's going on. So I opened up the front. And you could make a blanket, probably, out of all the lint that was in there. It was like this thick, just lint everywhere. It was a mess. So it might look like it's okay on the outside, you know, but 
what's going on inside of you? Just all the stuff everywhere, and there's quarters, all kinds of things. I'm surprised I didn't see the kitchen sink in there. There's uh, quarters and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, my point is, uh, you know, we might look okay from the outside, but inside is what really matters, and we really need to dig deep and see what's going on within us. And the dryer was a quick and easy fix. You know, it's something I should have done sooner, but I think fear kind of steps in at times where we think, oh, it's going to be, I don't know what I'm getting into. And, you know, so we've got to be careful that we don't allow fear to overcome us and, you know, complacency as well. So I thought that was a good example of uh, an area of concern of, you know, we've got to look a little deeper. And sometimes these things are easy that we can just ask God's help and he will help us. So now let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You know, there's always room for improvement, like I mentioned. God knows we're human. We're not perfect. He doesn't want us to carry around a bag of guilt. He wants us to, he just expects us to keep trying to improve ourselves and keep seeking him and working on these things. Please go with me to Psalms 103, verses 8 through 14. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are as high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. God knows we're weak, and he takes that into consideration. We get ourselves into trouble when we stop seeking him. And when we think we're doing fine, that's where we get into trouble. It's when we stop seeking him that we get into trouble. So let's go now to Revelations 3, verses 3 through 17, and see the other side of this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, <clears throat> These things say, says, Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm... And neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich, and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. This is a scary frame of mind to be in, not even realizing you're miserable. Basically, you're in total denial. You know, it takes effort to change and to realize that we need help from God. And God never said that this road would be easy being a Christian. But we need to be asking for his help. We just need to ask him for it all the time and be seeking him. And that's my second point. Seek God's help. First point is to examine ourselves and then to seek God's help. Once you have examined yourself, go to God Almighty and seek his help to overcome the targeted problem slash problems. Maybe you have some multiple things you'd like to work on. It's easy to get discouraged and think we're always going to have these problems. 
in our life, and Satan wants nothing more than for us to believe this rhetoric. Don't buy into Satan's lies. Turn with me now to Hebrews 4, verses 15 through 16. He seeks to destroy us like a roaming lion. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Too many times we can feel helpless and out of control, but we can turn to the one who is fully in control and perfectly able to help us in our times of need. He has already won the battle. Let's go to Hebrews 13, verse 5 through 6 now. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God speaks to each of us in different ways. We need to be paying attention. We are told to listen to that small, still voice. His encouragement can also be through people that are you know, perfect strangers that we don't even know. People we've never met before can give us encouragement. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a background story as well as I go into this personal story. Uh, I have a beautiful 86 Honda Accord. <laughs> I say that facetiously. It's, it's gray and rust, but as the years go by, it's becoming more rust and gray. And this car, I wouldn't let anybody else drive it, and I probably shouldn't even be driving it myself. There's no power steering. I call it Armstrong steering because uh, you have to really crank on it hard and that's why I have such, you know, huge arms. Don't need a gym membership. But as time has gone by, slowly things have been going wrong with the car more and more and it's starting to nickel and dime me quite a bit. Um, one of the neat features I have is when you first start the car up, it's like a James Bond car because it has this cloud of smoke that comes out. So if somebody's tailing you, you can lose them. So that's kind of a neat feature. Um, but one of the bad features is I, I finally got the headlights fixed. They would just go off as I was driving at night, and I'd have to kind of hold it there to keep the lights going. Sometimes they click on. So I got that fixed. But I drove into the parking lot of work one day, and my muffler fell off. And so a year and a half later, um, actually this past Monday, this muffler's still in my trunk. I thought, you know, I ought to get that exhaust fixed. So I felt prompted to finally get that done. So I, I got, uh, I called an exhaust shop and they put a you know, nice piece of exhaust pipe on there. It didn't even cost much. So I got that all fixed up and I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting my car fixed finally. And uh, got the heater fixed as well. Um, Alyssa got in the car a while back and smoke started coming out of the dashboard. <laughs> because the, the heater's wired kind of funny. I don't know why the owner did this before me, but he wired it in a way that it just comes straight off the underneath the hood, and it got too hot and burned up. So I rewired that, so now I had heat again. So I'm driving to work, uh, I think it was Tuesday, and I'm getting on the freeway, and all of a sudden it feels like I've got a flat tire. So I pull over and I look, tires are fine. So I jump in it again and drive, and I'm dragging my back tire. It's like totally locked up. <sighs> so okay, so another thing going on with the car, and I'm like, why is this happening? Because I'm, you know, I'm getting stuff done. I'm getting the car fixed up. It's going now, and why is this? 
So I pull over and I call Kim. I was like, all right, we've got to call AAA. So I'm right by Hillcrest Hospital there. Um, it's actually uh, one of the hospitals. It's over at 91st. But anyway, I walk over there, use the restroom, just leave the car there with the emergency flashers on, and found a Bible in the uh, waiting room there in the front. So I'm reading it, trying to see you know, if I see anything that really jumps at me. And, you know, some encouragement there, but not really seeing anything jumping at me. So anyway, we go back, Kim's there, we pray about it, like, please make it so this day will get much better, figure out what we're going to do about this car, what do we need to do, and tow truck driver shows up, so Kim heads off to work, I get in the tow truck, and I notice there's a Bible on the hood of the tow truck driver's dashboard, and we're just talking about crime in Tulsa and stuff, and he tells me, he starts going into what I needed to hear. Um, it was just a really good message, I'm not going to go into all the details, but it was what I needed to hear at the time for encouragement. And he was telling me he's a motivational speaker over at Rama, And um, we talked about another 15 minutes or so. And even when we pulled into the parking lot to the shop, he you know, just kept talking. And I told him, thank you. I really appreciated it. I felt like you know, God puts people in your path. And he agreed with me. I, I believe that's true. And I, I just really need that encouragement. And just other areas of my life that we talked about where I, I need help on things. So I just felt like. That was God intervening, um, giving me what I needed at that time. So you never know where it's going to come from. So I think part of the point is, too, is take care of your blessings. If God gives you something, you need to make sure you're taking care of it as well because God's not going to give you more blessings until you can learn how to take care of the blessings you have also, just as a sideline. So we never know where God's encouragement is going to come from. That's exactly what I needed from this driver. Um, and, you know, we can also get help from encouragement from our family and fellow brethren of like mind. Our fellow brethren of like mind can help us and give us encouragement that we need. If we're dealing with something that's too overwhelming, you know, if we're having trouble overcoming it, we need to seek outside counsel and encouragement for someone we can trust that can encourage us and pray with us. And also prayer and fasting is also a must. Um, there are many reasons for fasting, gaining strength, seeking guidance in our life, repentance, humility, mourning, worshiping. Here's a couple of examples from the Bible of intervention through prayer and fasting. Turn with me now to Jonah 3, verses 5 through 9. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone who turns from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Nineveh did not mess around. They took Jonah's warning very serious. They got up and they took action. They didn't sit down on the couch in denial and depression, hoping it would just all go away. They recognized their deviation from 
doing God's will. And they made it right with him, and they were spared. Here's another example of intervention in prayer and fasting. Turn with me now to Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. Then when it had come, then when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will you be with how long will I be with you? And how long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your disbelief, your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So we may have a situation in our life that requires fasting for intervention in spiritual attacks. In our physical world, it's easy for us to forget there's a spiritual battle going on all around us, and Satan wants nothing more than to destroy us. Spiritual attacks require God's armor. We cannot battle unless we have God's armor on. And that's something I'd like to go into deeper, into the aspects of God's armor in my next message. I'm not going to go into that right now, but I would like to go to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In conclusion, Passover will be here before we know it. Let's take the time to truly examine ourselves and seek God's help and stop seeking physical solutions to spiritual problems. We have a glorious future ahead of us to spend all eternity with God the Father and our elder brother, Jesus Christ, which will be far better than this temporary life we have now.